Welcome everybody to episode 99 of the Dawson D Show. We are so grateful to have you here with us. Today's guest is X Games gold medalist and arguably one of the most extreme sportsmen that has come out of Australia, freestyle motocross rider Cam Sinclair. Cam welcomed us to his beautiful property where we had an amazing conversation surrounded by his career awards and accolades in his trophy room. To say Cam has lived life on the edge would be an understatement. He's a true definition of a daredevil. We unpacked so many incredible gems with Cam in this interview, including how he was headhunted by the Krusty Demons alongside his best mate Blake Bilko Williams, what life was like touring, performing and partying around the world with Travis Pastrana and the Nitro Circus team, the story of becoming an X Games gold medalist a year after almost losing his life in what was a horrific crash in Spain when he was attempting the double backflip only a year earlier which only two other men had achieved at this time. The pressure to continually wow the crowd with something they haven't seen before and the risks associated with this. The difficulty to create something that hasn't been seen before due to social media. What was incredibly interesting was hearing him share how times have really changed in the industry and how difficult it is to create something that hasn't been seen before now due to social media. Back when Cam began his career and how he got his big break, there was no Instagram, there was no TikTok. Now everyone can create a video and post it and blow up. Because of this, Cam also shares why he thinks it might be too late to become a freestyle motocross performer. Plus, find out a lot behind Cam's life off the bike and his love for his family. So everyone, hold on tight and get ready for this amazing interview with the one, the only, Cam Sinclair. Welcome to the Dawson D Show. Smashing societal pressure and unlocking your secret ambition. Now, Doss, are you ready for our next interview? Deep. I'm ready. Now, let's go balls deep. D, you ready to go? I am, mate. I'm ready to rock and roll. This is exciting. Well, it's probably something not necessarily in our forte. And we've no. had someone in this field before. We who have. actually... Got us in contact with this great man. Cam Sinclair, welcome to the Dawson D Show. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Stoked you guys to come down and make it work. Mate, thank you for having us. Firstly, Doss, how's the property? This is well, amazing. I actually <laughs> wanted to ask you this, Cam. So you basically built this from pretty much scratch. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about what you've built around here and what you've created? Yeah, so um, I bought this place around almost 10 years ago, this, this block of land, because I needed a place to ride, because I used to ride at my, um, my father-in-law's place just up the road. The council shut that down, which they do everywhere. But um, so I bought this block so I could, you know, build a compound where I could do all my training at, and obviously build our dream home. Bought this old little forty-year-old shack. We're gonna live in this house, build some jumps, and then obviously build this house slowly. But the house is full of asbestos, and we've had a newborn, so we bulldozed that and motivated us to build this quicker. And yes, that's where the story all started, I guess. Well, we got the grand tour. I thought to myself, I saw the, little, the paddock with the jumps. I thought you could give them a crack, I reckon. Me? <laughs> yeah. I reckon those little ones out on the driveway, those really small ones, I <laughs> yeah. might start there. Yeah, I'm shattered it's not, um, it was a drive. We could go out there and have, have a few time trials. <laughs> <laughs> we might come back for that. We'll see. That in mind. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got an idea that we wanted to put past you, actually. We'll see how we go. Firstly, this is amazing. We walked into this room. It's almost like your little museum. It's like, you know those, you said... Some parents that their kids, they're just obsessed with the their trophy kids room. in the trophy room. Yeah, yeah. You've got your own trophy room. This is unreal. Yeah, now was my goal. Like I said, when we design this house, I designed this room. This yeah. was I have all my memorabilia stuff. I got my X Games bike, which is the main thing. I, you know, I wanted to keep that. And it's all my uh, medals and stuff like that. It's just always good to walk in here. If I'm 
having a bad week or I'm down the dumps, you know, I always like to walk in here, sort of puts a smile on my face straight away. Pretty motivating. Yeah, yeah. that's it. What is, off the bat, what is your proudest achievement that we're sort of surrounded by at the moment? What do you look at that you go, you know, fuck, like you almost can't believe that it's it's here? D's, D's already dropped the magic. He's dropped the F word already. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's <all> good. <laughs> Too early, probably. <laughs> no kids here anyway. They're at school. <laughs> the kids are at school, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, X Games gold medal is like a, a dream for any yeah. athlete who rides, who just performs action sports. So for me, it was like a dream. I used to look up to all my um, heroes like Pastrana and Deegan and stuff and just watch X Games on TV. So yeah. it was actually just a dream to be able to just go over there and, and to compete was a, a dream of mine. And then to be able to get a couple of medals, and especially win the gold medal, was a dream come true, you know. So I was lucky enough, we got the bike ship back here and told the missus that's gone, that's staying in the house. <laughs> Straight in the pool room. Straight in the pool room, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's obviously one of my best achievements today, yeah. I guess, yeah, but... Obviously, a lot of little ones, like just performing in Nitro Circus, traveling the world with those guys, the best bunch of dudes and having a couple of healthy kids, you know, that's always a big yeah. achievement as well. But it's been, it's been a fun ride. Is there, uh, and we'll get to like the start of your story, but we're probably going from the top end to the bottom almost. Is there a pinch yourself moment at, at some point where you go, holy shit, this is my career now? Like, was there a moment where you went from, I guess, this racer and then freestyler yep. and then all of a sudden a sponsor comes along what can you remember a specific moment where you went holy shit this is going to be my my life and my career yeah sort of like with my job with the sport I, that i was in you know it's such a dangerous sport so you, i could never like sit back and be like yes i made it because you just you're always just trying to work you're working on new tricks at the same time risking your life mm. and the next minute you break your leg so then you um, you're not making any money yeah. And you're down the dumps and you finally come back and you get back to where you were again and you get to that point where you're at that level where you can almost win again and then next minute again you break another leg and you're like mm. out again. So it's like you never really tell, like what you said, I never really got to that point where I'm like, I've actually made it. I guess the, 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 the life I lived is, is pretty scary and dangerous. And So yeah, I, I got to a point where after I had kids and stuff, I could sort of, you know, achieve a lot. You know, I got this house built and set up myself enough in a way you know then obviously there's mm. a time for my next stage in life where i you know they look into what's next in life and that's when i bought this into this transport business and mm. yeah yeah and i'm looking forward to diving into that a little bit later but like we said kind of off air take us back to the start because you've got this fantastic photo behind us i think yep. how old are you in that photo did you say five about five yeah yeah it's amazing we'll, we'll show that on our socials we get a photo of it yeah, yeah. for sure but yeah take us back to like that period of your life and we'll kind of progress through and yeah cool so um my dad was into dirt bikes, my granddad was into dirt bikes, so I guess me and my brother, I got an older brother, he's a couple of years older than me, so I guess as soon as we could walk, I know my dad bought my brother a, a bike, you know, when I was in prep, I got my first bike, and I think back when I was, back back in those days, you could race when you were five years old, but now, I think it's changed now, Okay. I think it's to be like maybe seven or eight, I'm not sure, but yeah, we could, um, I got my MA license, which is a motorcycle and Australia license when I was five, and started racing at the Helen Helen Motocross track yeah that was pretty cool it was nice and local for us so yeah started riding bikes racing and then mum and dad put so much effort into the dirt bike scene for me and my brother we're all very spoiled so it's very thankful still for is that. it is it an expensive sport isn't it oh it's a very expensive sport yeah like it's, yeah. It's, you gotta dedicate your life like for my parents dedicated a lot yeah. you know like they work their asses off for us to have a hobby you know were you uh, playing other sports too at that yeah, age yeah we played um my, my dad was a good football player as well so we um we sort of played a bit of football yep who for? Uh, Moscow Park, we used to live okay. in um, Endeavour Hills at this, right. di- at this stage. So I sort of went to primary school in Dandenong North. Yep. And then we sort of moved to Endeavour Hills, took a bit, a little bit of land, then we sort of moved to down this way in Pearsdale. We Just slowly moved land. up, yeah. up. Yeah. more and more land. So that's where it all started. So yeah, so we sort of played football. My brother was a really good footballer. 
But we got to that point where to be able to have two hobbies is mm. hard work, you know. Yeah. There was a racing every weekend, there was football every weekend, so we had to pick and choose. I was 100% motorbikes mm. the whole way. I was just playing football, which I had no idea what I was doing, didn't know where. where. <laughs> Dad's like, you're playing the wing, I'm like, where the fuck's the wing? <laughs> yeah. I was like, no idea yeah. where, what I was doing out there. Just but chase that footy, mate. Yeah. yeah. See, Nick was different to me. He was like, he was still, he was pretty good at riding dirt bikes, but he was a really good football player. Right. You know, he got to, to the Dan Nong Stingrays and oh, okay. he got to the point where he's like, mum and dad said one or the other, so he chose dirt bikes. Mm, okay. So I think he regrets now because he could, could have made it. I reckon your parents' <laughs> bank account was happy about that decision though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I decided that we started to go down the dirt bike track yeah. and we sort of raced every weekend, traveled the countryside, went to New Zealand, Indonesia. Wow. Or, you know, when I was a 13 year old, just racing. And then sort of that there led to Supercross, yep. which is more my style motocross is you know just hard work long races where supercross is more short races jumps in front of a crowd yeah and that's where i sort of went from that to doing tricks performing tricks for the crowd yeah. sponsors were happy with that yeah i started to make money doing that and that's where the freestyle thing so you did you from. did you start doing a few tricks and races or something or did you yeah just at half time like at the half time intermission we used to do like um expression session they used to call it yeah. and uh, the guy I used to look up to john o'porter he was like my hero i just wanted to be pretty much like john o'porter Right. You know, he was such a good supercross racer, good at performing, and he was, was so good in front of the crowd, good speaking. Entertainer. In, yeah, he was an entertainer. That's mm-hmm. right. And um, unfortunately, Johnny passed away. He was like um, 15 years ago, I think it was. I think it was only yesterday. I think it popped oh, up shit. on my wow. memory. So, yeah, well, it sucks that he, um, he passed away, but he motivated myself and Bilko to go from racing to mm. freestyle. Maybe explain a little bit who Bilko is too, because yep. na- he's in that also a name like yeah. himself that gets thrown around in this industry. We had obviously Simon and he dropped both of our names. And I'm thinking, I wonder if everyone knows who they both are. Yeah. But where, where's your relationship? Where does it come from? And he's still really close mates. Yeah, me and Bill go very, very close mates. We talk on a daily basis. You know, he's based in America now. It all started, I guess, racing. We used yep. to race. Like when we back when we were like juniors going to the seniors. He lives in Baxter. Yep. And I was just sort of grew up in Pearsdale. So we sort of always hanged out in the track and then started riding, practicing together. And same thing, Jono was like such a huge motivation for us. So... We sort of wanted to be like him. Yeah. And Johnny helped us to start doing freestyle. Was there a friendly competition between you two? There wasn't at the start, but then once we started competing, that's when it got... Yeah, yeah. That's all part of the, you know, part of the fun of it. And yeah. so, but, but, you know, so me and Bill just hanged out, raced side by side. We started doing shows together and the Monster Truck demos, yeah. Supercross halftime demos, Crusty Tour, Nitro Circus, X Games. It was a tiny bit better than me at, at freestyle and stuff, but... um. We sort of just followed each other's footsteps. What, what, was, what was that big move that he did when he was hanging from the... Like he was, cliffhanger back. Cliffhanger, <laughs> mate. You want to see this. I don't know if there's a photo. No, I think it's in it's, my office. Yeah. It's insane. It was on posters everywhere, I remember, at one stage. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was his tricky. He invented the cliffhanger backflip. We learned that in the phone pit. Yeah, gosh. Together, but yeah, he, um, yeah, he's killed it. That's great. Oh, well, you also mentioned, too, like making money and sponsorship quite early on. So what age do you remember? Like, Do you remember your first deal and what that looked like and what that enabled you to actually do? Yeah, so I'm tipping uh, sponsorship-wise, me and Bilko had a, a race team. Okay. So we were racing Supercross and doing freestyle demonstrations. Honda and Alpine Stars jumped on board. That's when we, that was our first paying sponsor. Yeah, cool. To be able to get bikes and to get paid off a manufacturer, that was... And you would have been, what, in your 20s? Yeah, would have been like early 20s, yeah. Yeah. Yep, 21, yeah, would have been 20, 21. Amazing. What were stage? you doing at the time, like, for work, for money? So I left school end of year nine, and my dad was a plumber, so I did my plumbing apprenticeship. Okay. I didn't quite finish it. I did that three years. Sure. Because, um, yeah, my, my parents split. Okay. Um, so I was, left school about 15, so my parents split when I was about, oh, 
17, 18. Yep. When they split, <clears throat> that's when I sort of decided to go down the freestyle motocross path because Dad was all about racing. <laughs> yeah. You know, you put all his time and money into us boys. Yeah. We don't want to be the slackers and start doing tricks and being a show pony. But when Mum and Dad split, I sort of did what I wanted to do. Yeah. So yeah. that's when I started doing tricks and stuff like that. And that's where um, the sponsors picked me up, like Honda and um, Alpine Stars, and that's when I first started. And then is it when you get that sponsor, that's when maybe opportunities just start coming in a little bit? Like yeah, I guess so. You get a bit of confidence, events, confidence, confidence. There's, um, you've got a few big brands like Alpine Stars and Honda backing you, then your name's going to get out there and people are going to start recognising who you are. Mm. So we went from there to uh, that's when we um, started doing backflips on mini bikes. This is where our sort of careers kicked off, all because of mini bikes. We started being built, I bought a couple of um, Sarah 50s, started doing backflips in the foam pits and piles of hay. And the Crusty Demons <laughs> show came to Melbourne and they needed some, um, some mini-bike riders. So then Bilko jumped on board on the Crust Tour and just, I crashed my brains out. Bilko landed his backflips, so I landed on my head. But I love that. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and because of that, we sort of, the following year we rode our big bikes. Because we got our name riding mini-bikes. Yeah. When they were looking for a couple of Australian guys to ride the big bikes, they called us up and that's where it all kicked off. I love hearing that because it's, it just speaks truth around. Like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, You've right. created some brand based on you know entertainment in, in the mini bikes all of a sudden they think of the first two australians and they just go straight to them yeah, yeah. you know literally it, it is that and that that time period just thinking back like looking on youtube and watching a bit of your stuff on uh, mtv back in the day yeah and that whole mtv period where you've got like jackass and yeah, like yeah. all this sort of focus on stunts like, my all, ride. remember yeah, that like, my yeah, ride. Yeah. all that like that industry <laughs> is really kicking off like yeah. it would have been a perfect time for you guys to it was like me and Bilko still speak about it we were like joint like right we started doing freestyle right at the right time it wasn't the, the sport wasn't too gnarly people doing backflips were like doing a, a straight backflip back in those days was a gnarly so think about it now for a 20 year old kid to get into the freestyle scene it's fucking be such hard work oh, yeah you got about to do double flips body burials front flips with me and Bilko we just have to do a backflip and you're like if you could do a backflip back then you're like one of the best pioneer yeah exactly yeah. right so we joined the freestyle industry right at the right time yeah. Where they sort of, we did a flip, Krusty picked us up, and then from then on, it was sort of smooth sailing, I guess. So, to do the flips, are you practicing in a foam pit, or is it... Oh, so, me and Bilko's, we <laughs> were together again. His old man was um, real strict about him racing as well. Oh. His old man wouldn't let him do a backflip. So, oh. we loaded my bike up one day. My parents had split, so I could do what I want, in a way, you know. So <laughs> the pleasures of divorce. <laughs> Lo- loaded, loaded my bike up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell my parents, but loaded the bike up, and we went out to this place in South Rain, the go-kart track out there. And they had this ramp set up and we got a bunch of hay bales, cut open all the hay, made it nice and soft. That's hilarious. But prior to that, we obviously learned on BMX in the water and yep. then our mini bikes to do it. Well, it wasn't long after John O'Porter passed away and he was the first Aussie to do a backflip. Yeah, wow. So he sort of motivated us to do that too. And um, yeah, we went at South Meringue and this Bilko crashed his first one, landed his second one. Mm. And then I jumped on my bike and Bilko said, just commit, hold on, pull back and I landed my one Hit in the Got on video. That's just when we sent it to Krusty. I was going to ask, in that time period, did you have to make any phone calls, like, you know, live from the hospital, you know, to Bilko's parents saying, look, we've, we've, we're out in South Morang and <laughs> yeah. got a broken arm. And <laughs> when you're that young, you don't think of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Exactly. You don't have, yeah, have no, yeah right now, I, I do, 100%. Yeah. I work and, um, you know, kids and stuff. But back when you're 20, like I, was, I would have been like 22 or 21. Bilko would have been 21-ish, yeah, so... Back in those days, you don't think about getting hurt. Nah. You just think about how, how fucking cool is this going to be? Everyone yeah. had a clip. Yeah. Everyone had their video cameras out. What well, was the quality good on the video cameras? It was actually pretty cool. I oh, yeah. I'll find it for you guys. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. But um, yeah, no, we um, straight away, the athlete manager for Krusty, 
He's like, sweet, yeah, we need some Aussie back flippers. You guys are on. Yeah. Love it. So tell us about Krusty then. So that phone call happens. Yep. And what, what kind of goes from there? Yeah, so the Krusty tour started off. We, um, I think we had the Oz tour. And we shit in our pants. I mean, Bill go Young, Vegan, <laughs> Ronnie Fice, Twitch, all those guys riding with all our heroes. Yeah, wow. And we still had to flip. I was still sketchy as shit. I didn't really, I think me flipping back then was a fluke. We had no time to perfect it. In a phone pit, you jump, you do a couple of flips, you flip, you over-rotate, you under-rotate, where the only way we could do it was just fucking flip and hold on. Yeah. So we couldn't figure out the, the techniques of it. Mm. So when it comes to Krusty Tour, we just had to reef on, that, on the ramp and hold on and do yeah. the best. Yeah. It was pretty sketchy. Like, to think back now, fuck all young and dumb and didn't really give a shit. But, <laughs> but still, if you, did, but if you didn't do work. that, you wouldn't be where you are now, exactly though. Exactly right. Exactly. When I risk my life back then, I wouldn't be where I am now and have, you know, achieve what I've achieved, so... What was it like in those days of those like of touring around with those guys? Like even just outside of the show, were you two the babies of it? Like yeah, big time. They were yeah. like the rock stars. Like they were, they yeah. were full rock stars and there's parties and being built. I was still young, you know, like 22 and traveling with a big group like that. Yeah, it's pretty intense. But we used our way in there and created a good friendship with them all. Now we're yeah. good mates, you know, like Twitch and Brian and just like we've they've helped out me and Bill quite a lot in, yeah. with our careers. So. Yeah, cool. Skipped a few lines at the nightclubs, you know. Yeah, that's it. You know. Yeah, that was it. That was, yeah. that was the fun part of it. Yeah, I'll bet. hotel parties. Yeah, yeah, that's just like a. Yeah, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, of course. Did you live in America at all? Yeah, so I um from 2008 onwards, I used to go over there every like as soon as it started pissing down rain here and you couldn't practice here, I had to keep riding because I was competing a lot. So I um, moved to America and yeah, me and Bill got a house together. We, oh wow! Uh, we Which rented, part of America was this? Uh, Temecula, okay. in California, Southern California. <laughs> nice. So Bilko, we sort of the first in 2008. Me and my wife, partner at the time, went over there. Me and Bilko just rented a house over there for three months. Yeah, every sort of year after that, we went back over there. And Bilko bought a house, so I sort of rented a room off him. I got to say, it sounds a bit like Dawson D. Yeah, you know, we leave our leave our parents and we go our and in house, yeah. leave our girlfriends. Focus on a podcast. Yeah. Much smaller level to, to Cam and Bilko. That's become... it all stars, boys. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's no money behind us. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. I had no money at all. We went to America yeah. and that's had matches for rent. And that's when the, the, the double backflip sort of popped up. Yeah. After being on tour and seeing Scott Murray come over and, and do it. Thought if he can do it, then fuck up. I might as well try to make it work. And started doing double flips. That's when Rockstar picked me up. And that's when I sort of had a bit of uh, money backing me. When if I crashed and broke a leg and I couldn't perform at shows, I still had Rockstar pay me monthly. Yep. So it made me a lot, you know, a lot more comf- comfortable and confident. So yeah. Also in that time period, like you mentioned earlier about not having fear at that age. Yep. I do believe you when you say that, but part of me goes, is there any moments when you're like you're about to attempt a double backflip? Like, it, does something go through your mind? Like, what if it goes wrong? Like, does that even cross your mind, or is, are you just so focused on landing it? No, hundred percent, man. Like, yeah, if I um, I was thinking that all the time. Yeah putting your gear on and the double back was so scary like, yeah I shit myself I didn't talk to no one I couldn't eat you know I was so nervous every, every time I wasn't counting but I landed 60 of them yeah and crashed about for 15 right it's not a bad ratio yeah that's right it was such a scary trick Far before out. every double flip I did I shit my pants and I used to think about it but when you're putting your gear on and 10,000 people in the stands they've paid money to see this there's no backing out yeah you, you can you can try to sock yourself out you can tell yourself you're scared what happens this happens but I never not thought I was never not going to do it yeah I was going to do it I'll shit my pants but I was always going to do it mm. so that's like the hardest part you know it was like it was very scary but I can't imagine competing X Games and Red Bull X Fighters and stuff mm. that's why I used to be so scared because mm. there was no backing out I'm yeah I'll sign up for this yeah so that made it even scarier when did you plant the idea or the seed in your mind that you wanted to go to the X Games and even, I guess, take on this, this trick? I guess um, yeah, as soon as I started doing the, the double flip, that's when I got an invite straight away. You know? yeah. But the worst thing is so I got invited for the 2009 X Games 
the week before that was the Madrid Red Bull X Fighters. And that's where I had that big, really big crash. I crashed in Madrid in 2009, and that's when I was in a coma, and you know, I had a fair few injuries, and I was stuck in hospital over there for like a few months. So I was actually a few weeks, sorry. So I was in um, hospital as X Games was on. Oh, so I had to wait another 12 months. You know, Did you go to the next X Games? Yeah, 12 months after, yep. After being in a coma yep. for a week. Yeah. yeah, the doctor said I won't be able to ride a bike for at least you know, 12 months. I had to learn to walk and talk and just all the basics, Eat. you know? Yeah. Yep, exactly. So um put my foot down. My wife helped a lot, you know, with my rehab and stuff like that and doctors and stuff. Like that. So um, as soon as I could walk and that motivated me to, you know, think about the next thing. And I was to run and I was to walk upstairs and it's just a little basic things, but crazy for me to, um, you know, to take baby steps. And once I knew how to run, go to gym, I could swim. Next thing was like, okay, I'm going to start riding again, ride, ride motocross. Mm. That led to um, hitting ramps again. Yep. And I wasn't allowed to drink any alcohol. I loved my beers back then <laughs> in the day. So I wasn't allowed to drink alcohol. And I remember coming up to Christmas time and I promised my wife I wouldn't drink unless I did a backflip. <laughs> So I was like Christmas Eve. I think I was out of Bilko's house. I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I flipped and then yeah, I was like, sweet. Now I can get on the piss. I can get on the beers over Christmas. That's oh, unreal. Double whammy for the wife. Can you, like, especially for the listeners, I mean, we've heard this story. It's incredible about the crash. But yep. I think it's just a fascinating story. Like I'm even interested to hear about like the days leading up to it. Like you know what's coming and that whole night, like take us through what it was like when you're about to go out and if you can remember it. Yeah, the, the actual night, I can't remember, no, but okay. um, the leading up to it was um, it was pretty hectic schedule for me. It was start off in Texas, on oh, Fort Worth, Texas, sorry. Okay. Red Bull X Fighters. So I did uh, three double flips there, but I fucking hurt my ankles real bad. Like real bad. I never got them checked out because I, was, I didn't want to get hear the bad news. I was going to say, because I've heard that they were broken. Yeah, that's what yeah. my physio said. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you photos. I, they're actually on my phone. I was looking at them yesterday, actually. Really? But both feet were fucked and they were ligaments and the, their physio reckons they were, they were broken. But that's... anyway, so I had a, um, a show lined up in Mallorca, actually Mallorca in Spain. Okay. And that was a weekend before Red Bull X Fighters. So I didn't need any practice at all between Texas and Mallorca. Went to Mallorca, landed a double flip, only just... Because I had no practice. Had many people, anyone landed this before? The double... Pastrana yep. had landed one. Yep. And Scott Murray had landed a bunch at the time. So I was the third guy. So only two people had landed it. Yep. Wow. And yep. you've got broken ankles. Yeah. Probably. My ankles are fucked. And then... Um, like even traveling with broken ankles. Like <laughs> like getting I was fucked. I was to Spain from... I was, I was just leading up to this Madrid crash was fucking hectic. And then... So I did the double flip in Mallorca. Actually went to Ibiza the week in between. Didn't really I bet he much. wasn't training there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck, that's pretty wild crashed. <laughs> that's how he really broke his ankle. <laughs> nah, so I went to Madrid and I was so hot over there. It was like, you know, July is like summer over there. Yeah. And I was very hot, so it was very mentally draining. Mm. And I had practice qualifying, did a double flip in qualifying on the Thursday night. Did a double flip in, in best trick on the Thursday night. On one of my double flips, I sort of whiskey throttle and hit the wall and hurt my shoulder. So I was in physio the morning of the finals, which yep. was on the Friday. And that was me. Ankles, ankles worked on by one physio and my shoulder worked on by the physio. Far out. From then on, this is what I've been told, obviously. From then on, I was, just, I was just battling all day. Comes to the night program. And just obviously mentally wasn't right. Yep. Physically wasn't right. And just didn't pull right. And just under-rotated the double flip. And the ground over there is like freaking... Well, the concrete. vision of it essentially looks like you just land on your head. Yeah, and I was just it's like scary. landing my head onto a concrete, like to a blue groove landing. It was like hard clay. There's no forgiveness in the dirt. Yeah. And from it, then on, yeah. It's the reactions too of the other guys too watching oh, yeah. on. Like that's what makes it so, 
I don't know, like raw, I think, to watch because it's just a concern and everything stops and like everybody rushes out. Yeah. It's like, and, and do you even watch the footage? Yeah, like, I watch it all the time still. Really? I'm, like, I'm still surprised that I'm here, you know, like that's mm. to me, my head was back backwards and just got smashed, but. Do you show what, your kids that, by the way? Yeah, Have they no, seen it? They're, they're, Brooke doesn't like me showing the kids, but. Yeah. They're not real. Rock's still a bit young. Lottie's not really that interested in watching it. But no, at that point, our sport was just beaming, you know, worldwide. Mm. It was just such a huge sport. The, the risks were so high. The, the, all the tricks we were doing were so dangerous. And at that, that, that year, there had already been a couple of guys that had passed away from riding freestyle because it was such a dangerous sport. So everyone just thought I was dead. My, my dad thought I was just dead because, <sighs> because it, had, it had been a fair few fatalities that year yeah. from freestyle because the sport was so high risk. I just thought, yeah, there goes another one pretty much. But Far out. Luckily, I was very, very thankful that I was in Madrid, Spain. There was a very good medical system over there, very, very good doctors. Had it happened like anywhere else in the world, you know, say Mexico or somewhere, not quite as busy in a way. What were some of the like specific injuries? Uh, my injury was, I guess the main was my, was my liver. It was um, split. I was internal bleeding was real bad, so I had to yeah. do emergency surgery on that from my groin. I had to tie the liver back together. And then I was in a coma, obviously, so I had to, they induced me in a coma for seven days, let my body rest. And it's had, like, my shoulder was cracked, my shoulder blade, sorry. Apparently, my cheek was had a fracture, my hip had a fracture. Mm. Not sure if that was from previous. Or Ibiza, or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the dance floor, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not sure. So there's a lot of little injuries here and there, but the major yeah. one was my liver. So once that, that's the internal bleeding. That's, the that's more, really serious. The more yeah. worry about the, the head and make sure the... Um, you know, when I woke up, they weren't sure how I was going to wake up. Mm. But, um, yeah. Do you ever wake up some mornings now and go, why the fuck have I done what I've done? Your body must just be sore. And, or, no, or, like I'd, I'd, I feel as if everything's worth it. Everything I've done, 100%. Like when I look around my house, what I've got down. And, yeah, so. Look at the life you've created. Like, yeah, exactly. you've created all. Like, very, that must be an amazing feeling to look around and you've literally created all this, like, yourself. It makes it all worth it. It does. That's right. Like, that's a real, like, that's a proper, like, we hear about stories of, of millionaires in business, but this is, like, a totally different way of... That's the way. Life has changed so quickly, you know. Like if I didn't have the, the partner I had at the time, Brooke, and if I was just living a single life, making all this money, traveling the world, riding, doing tricks and stuff, I'd probably just be renting a house in Frankston, and then I'd be telling myself, "Fuck, this wasn't worth it." But, yeah, you know, because I did the right decisions when I was mm. making good money and had the right, you know, my partner Brooke helped, and yeah, so it could, it could easily go one way or the other, you know. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting talking point as well. We're not taught how to manage money, especially yeah. when you make money. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people out there that have probably created a, a decent sized profile on whatever their brand is or who they are, and you just see everyone's everyone wants to buy the G wagon or the really nice yeah. car or the yeah. Rolex. I th- I'd love to know the statistic, but it's like NFL players, I think there's a crazy stat of how many of them like blow they, their money. Yeah. They, they blow the money within the first. Say they. Their career only lasts four years. Yep. All their money's gone. That's amazing. I could have easily gone down that path, but I was like very thankful for Brooke and the connection she's got with her family and met a few good people that could help me manage all my money. So if it was up to me, like I wouldn't have anything, you know. Mm. Yeah. I, was, I bailed out of school when I was end of year nine, struggled at school, and I was just very thankful and lucky that I um, had the right people to help yeah. me with all my funds and making the right decisions with my money. And yeah, I'm interested too, just going back to like the injury side of things now. So. You've got a name, you Cam Sinclair. Sinclair, <laughs> should get that right. <laughs> um, we're not interviewing Cam Sinclair, okay? <laughs> he runs the butchers down the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm interested too. Like for those that have made their name, there's a difference. But you said earlier you felt sorry for like the guys that are like 
you know in their early 20s now and they want to mm. get into the industry so you're saying back then to do a to do a backflip everyone's going wow like how cool is this yeah. but for those that actually need to prove themselves in this industry what lengths do they have to go to to get attention now like these tricks must be getting bigger and more dangerous and people risking their lives yeah. Shit, for, for, for my industry my sport i feel as if it's it's, it's, uh, it's too late i think honestly cause yeah because like i said when myself and bilko joint when we started riding freestyle that sport was so it was down here yep so as our careers built, the the, the sport built, you know, the, the the tricks got bigger, the crowd loved it. But now it's been around for about ten years, over ten years. Yeah, I mean, on nitro circuits, ten years, a few years with crusty. So the last fifteen years, it's been a pretty massive thing, you know. So I think the, mm. I think the the excitement of it is sort of dying as well. So for someone that wants to get into freestyle motocross, it's going to be really hard because it's so dangerous and such a high risk to get to that level. Yeah, and I just don't think it's as spectacular anymore because the backflip. Mm. Or a double backflip in these days is is not new. Well, even I think about uh, some people that we love on social media, like Shami and yeah. what's Jackson's last name? O'Doherty? Yeah. Jackson yeah. O'Doherty, like these stunt guys, like going back like to pranksters. Pranksters yeah. and the jackass slash style. Porn stars. Slash porn stars with the OnlyFans. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, if I had the rig, I'd probably have an OnlyFans account. But um, <laughs> he pays for other people. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for throwing me under the bus there. <laughs> Sorry, Garney, uh, the missus. I can't uh, get away with that. <laughs> what, what I was going to say was... The jackass style, for example, yeah. like we were looking up as well. Nitro Circus, what did Johnny Knoxville do? You know more than us, but it sounds like he was the one that really pushed it to MTV to get Nitro Circus on there. And yeah, like, so, yeah, I yeah. think so. It's big, same sort of company with Pastrana and MTV. I guess they all work together. Now, with social media, the actual industry, because of social media, people can just go and throw their mate in a pool or scare exactly them. Right. Like, to go and build like some type of profile around, you know, doing tricks on your motorbike, which sounds one expensive, two, it's it's so saturated with people. And yeah. it's saturated. And three, like but like you said, it's not that it's fading out, but we're accustomed been- to seeing stunts, we're accustomed to seeing pranks, we're accustomed to seeing ridiculous I remember when we were kids and like mobile phones were just coming out and mm. someone would just send you a video that I don't know where the hell they got this video and it'd be something graphic. Yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah. Like in whether it's an injury or whether it's yeah even porn or so, like, and it's something so shocking because you yeah. haven't seen it but now we're so accustomed Saturated, to seeing all this right. sort of stuff that like I, I, how do you get attention? You're seeing a double backflip like you said earlier it's probably not as impressive as what it was. Exactly right. No, near. There was no social media. It's like yeah. if you see it you got to go fucking pay 80 bucks to go see it at Nitro Circus where now it's just like Harry Vink could go do it and he could post it and mm. everyone could see it. I mean, people around the world could see it. Yeah. yeah. But to be able to see it back when I did it you had to come and see it live. Pay yeah. the cash. That's yeah. right. So that's why it's so different now. And a lot of people will prefer to just sit on their couch, kick back and flick through their Instagram and see what's going on rather than exploring it live. And, and it's just to say like this, like, like we said, saturated. So you can see it, watch it a million times on your phone and then go watch it live. It's not that cool because you've seen it already a million times. Where back mm. when I was doing it, you couldn't really see it prior to the shows. Yeah. So like we were talking on the drive up based around that kind of stuff. When you started, you said you and Bilko were the, you know, the young guys coming in yeah. and you know, we had Jack Simpson on the show and he spoke so highly of you and what you yeah. did for him. Yeah. Now you're like almost the leader of this young group of guys. Like what, what's that transition like from coming in from, you know, learning the ropes from everybody else to being more of a leader or the more mature one or the more the experienced? Mentor? Yeah. yeah. No, it's actually, it's a, it's a privilege, I guess. It's, it's, it's I love to be able to, you know, hand, hand it down as, as much as I can. But I don't know, Simo's a legend. We sort of, his old man helped me out a lot, you know, because my parents split and I decided to go down the three-style path. He helped me so much with building my ramps here, the excavators and dirt and stuff. So yeah. he helped me a lot 
even in the phone pit, he was out there pulling me out of the phone pit with his crane truck, you know? <laughs> that's <laughs> Yeah, I was like, it's like Dave helped me out so much in my career. Yeah. But that was when I was first starting too. So um, he was there for me a lot. And, mm. and Jack was like, what is he? It was like seven, was he? He would have been probably yeah. very young. He was yeah. very young. And we got him in the phone pit and started doing flips and stuff. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like his whole family is great. Fernie and his, his mum, they're all... Um, very supportive of their kids as well and they, they helped me out a lot too and you know you look at him now and you played a big part in his kind of progression in his career but he's you know you look what he's doing one it's he's taking risks oh, big time. going overseas yeah. you know he's, he's doing incredible things like he was very good at races he was a very fast racer yeah like winning races and, and stuff and now he's obviously chosen that path to yeah. something new something's going to make him a little bit more excited than than just cutting motos around the, the yeah. same track but now he's just holding it on and just got balls now that's for sure yeah we mentioned nitro circus what's travis pastrana like oh travis man like he's just like us boys he's yeah. just down to earth he's very friendly yeah. talks to anyone yeah he's got such a high profile yeah and you'd be scared to talk to him but he's just like one of the boys he's, yeah he's like he's a same off camera as such, he would be on camera exactly right he's the exact same yeah he's a legend yeah he's just a funny bloke he helped me out a lot been, been on tour with him he helped everyone push it push the limits yeah so I started everyone on Nitro Circus. Yeah. That, that's what Nitro Circus was all about, just pushing the limits. Going and having mad. a beer after. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loves, loves the beers, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I had a good time. But, you yeah, know, he's great. Yeah. Very what, um, supportive and very motivated. Yeah. What's it like after shows? Like you mentioned beers and stuff, but you're also, oh. obviously, but the other thing too. <laughs> he's George's job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the other side of it too is obviously like there's a huge fitness component to it. You come from F45 this morning, so... There must be a weird kind of contradiction between the two. Yeah, like I said, when I'm home, I just, that's when I work and you know, I try to stay fit and healthy. When, when you're on tour, it's like you're on a fucking bucks party with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> you obviously got to perform and you know, the, high, you know, the risk is very high. So hearing you're hearing that, if you ever need any roadies, just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now, obviously, it's a lot different now. A lot different. Travis has got kids, I've got kids. Steve and he's got kids. A lot of the riders, we're sort of past that now. Yeah. But from when we're like 22 to 30... It was like a, it was so, so fun. Mm-hmm. We used to perform beers after the show, beer bongs, skull and beers. It was, it was a <laughs> piss up. Honestly, yeah. it was. Yeah. After parties, after every show, we had, we had an absolute ball. A lot of great memories from on, 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 you know, that side of the, yeah. the job. Yeah, no, we had, um, we, had, we had a great time. Especially after a show, you survive the show, you're not fucking in hospital. Yeah. Where the beers Celebrate. Are. Yeah, celebrate, exactly right. We used yeah. to celebrate after every show. I think mm. we're doing freaking yeah 60 something shows a year so it's that's out the parties yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, there's a lot yeah what's it like uh, having kids ask for your autograph and stuff you know that that must be pretty cool as well you know being somewhat of a hero to the younger younger generation oh 100 yeah, that's 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 the fun side of you know to be able to be recognized still to this day if i get recognized i'm like fuck that still makes me smile you know yeah, yeah that's cool it's still it's, it's, it's very that, that, that will never get old mm. being us um yeah so kids wise it's like my kids are there now and and they come to the shows with me just before COVID we spent three months in America my little boy wasn't even one yet he had his first birthday in America my daughter had her fifth birthday in America oh, wow. oh how cool so we, um, that was sort of the last big stint for me being on tour with my family hit Disneyland or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah my daughter's <laughs> oh, she's only she's nine she's been to Disneyland twice and oh wow she's been in America a few times yeah she's a lucky girl yeah yeah, um, yeah so it's it's been fun to have the kids and the family come with me to, all, to experience the tour life yeah so um, and we just obviously finished the, the Australian tour. They came to a fair few of the shows mm. around Australia, and then the US tour is coming up. But they're in school now, yeah. So it's so hard for them to come over. So I might just go back and forth and yeah, 
like a hectic schedule out of it, but that's the only way I'm going to be able to make it work. Yeah, you explain Can you explain earlier. that schedule yeah. to the listeners? Because it's, it's amazing. Yeah, so for me to be able to go over there, it's like every weekend in July, there's like two to three shows. I think there's like yep. nine shows just in July. In so, all different parts of the country. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. We start over in, I think, Reno is on the 1st of July, so I'm going to try to get to that one. And then July 4th in Las Vegas. Oh, that's, that's a big one. So I'll spend you'd, that. You'd love to go to that. Yeah. yeah. So the plan is to spend the week in Vegas after that. And then there's another th- two shows yep. the following weekend. And we've got a Sunday show. So Monday I'll fly home, land on the Wednesday, at Wednesday, Thursday with the kids, and fly back Friday. Yeah, that's wow. crazy. Yeah. That's the, only way, that's the only way I'll make it work. There's no yeah. weekends free. So it's just like mm. during the week I got, I got off. Yeah. So I can if I can make it work to come back and see the kids, make sure the business is running smoothly. And yeah. yeah it also says down. as well, it says where your values lie. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's it's the family aspect is the most important part. Hundred percent, that's right. You know, you need to go and, and obviously earn the dollar yep. to keep this place, this bloody beautiful house yep. running. But come home, make sure the kids are still seeing you. Yeah, that's right. Well, I you know, I was originally gonna have the family come over with me for a few weeks here and then stay over there for the whole time but have my family come over. But Brooke doesn't want to want to fly over there with the kids and mm. saying with Lottie she's just been over there a few times, so she's not that interested in going. <laughs> Which is yeah, sort of weird, but you think that she'd be stoked about going to Disneyland. Yeah. But she's like, she said she's seen it already, and and she she enjoys school, mm. and so that's what I thought. I'll just anyway, I'm gonna be able to make it work if I just come back during the week. Yeah, a couple of days, it should be fine. Business class, or oh, I'm gonna try work on that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, as, as like I said, it's, it's still not 100 confirmed. Yeah. I only got my visa back, so yeah. yeah. Hopefully, when this comes out, I'll be over there. I'll be watching it over there. Yeah, nice. <laughs> do you do you have uh, in your mind like an age of when you're gonna? sort of give it up or? yeah I um my whole career I said I'm gonna hand the boots up when I'm 30 so I'm 38 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the funniest thing all the crashes I had when I was like in you know, Madrid and Beamer and I did a lot before I was 30 and I was just like yeah I think I'd, another few more years left I'll be um I'm gonna hand the boots up yeah come 30 Nigel Circus sent me another contract Rockstar renewed my contract I'm like Oh, another year. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. Eight years later, I'm still going on tour and awesome. having a good time. <laughs> oh, I love it. Like, and also, too, on that, has your perspective changed in terms of now? By the way, like when we we're driving up, Doss and I were very confident when we we're together. And then we rocked up to the property, and I think we both shit ourselves for a minute and got a bit anxious. <laughs> and you're just so humble and welcoming, like you're such a down earth guy. And, but I'd love to know how it's changed your perspective since having kids. I know I've heard you speak before about when you were younger, you didn't give a shit if you got yeah. hurt, you didn't give a shit. I think you said you wouldn't even care if you died doing it at the time that's right that's and exactly now right. like it must be totally different 100 yeah exactly man it's just completely different now the way i look at things i promised my wife especially after that big crash in madrid i said um she didn't want me to do a double flip ever again yeah but i still went and did, you know won x games and got a few medals and still yeah. did a few but she was always against it because what i put her through over in madrid mm, sure was um hard for her so i promised her once we have our first child lottie i won't do a double flip ever again okay and I think I did one. <laughs> when was that? X Games. Yeah, X Games 2012. Actually, no, she was pregnant. Sorry. Oh. X Games uh. 2012, I got bronze. I did a double flip and that was the last time I ever did. Yeah. And that was in like August and Lottie was born in September. She got her on a technicality. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, she wasn't quite out. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the only Aussie to win an X Games gold? No, Bill Go has. And Bill Go so has. Oh, no, there's a fair few now. Is there? Jackson yeah. Strong. Yeah. Rob Elderberg. Josh Sheen. Bilko. Yeah. Yeah, we're all, there's a bunch of us now that have won some goals. So what was that? What is the process there? So like, is it like the Olympics? Like you get up on a podium and you're yeah, presented yeah. with your gold? And yep, yeah, yeah. Like I said, we'll post some photos up later if you want to yeah, do that. Cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. National anthem and stuff? 
Nah, no, no, uh, no, I'm not that far. No, I think people in America would never. <laughs> yeah, the Americans. The fuck's yeah. this song? <laughs> <laughs> we we asked him this question too, and oh, he said wheelie bins. We asked him, what are you actually afraid of? Do you have any fears or phobias that you know outside of what you do, oh, like shit, spiders? No, obviously. Is Cam Sinclair scared of something. Yeah, sna- obviously snakes. I'm shit, shit scared yeah. of snakes. I haven't yet seen one on my property. I've been here for eight years. And <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right. It's just very lucky, but they're they're around. I don't know for a fact yeah. they're around. My neighbours got had one last year. Shit. Obviously snakes. Obviously everyone's scared of, scared of snakes, but yeah. oh shit, man! Like I'm, I was always scared of doing tricks. I'm still am, you know. Like okay. comes to um, if I head over to the US, I'm, I'll be on a three person backflip over there. That's mm. fuck, that's scary. What, what about like failing when you like? Was that ever a fear when you are when you're in front of a huge crowd in an arena and there's flames going up and yep. the lights and the music and everything? Is failing something that goes through your head or is it more the chance of injury or yeah I mean it wasn't really failing no it was more, yeah. more of a chance of injury you know I was scared of obviously hurt myself yep honestly the people that are paying money to watch you they're 90% paying to watch you crash anyway so yeah yeah that's actually that's never sh- thought so about so there's no such like thing as failure if you crash the fucking crowd is stoked <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> the only thing is a failure is you, when you've got bones hanging out your legs that's like <laughs> that's yeah. a failure but well yeah. with nitrate it's the ramp's a bit different isn't it like it's like it's not softer, but what is it? It's like uh, crazy. Uh, no, now, like yeah, now, now it's compared like an to airbag, it's like yeah, an airbag. Yeah, it's so much soft. Whereas back then, the yeah. difference, like crashing on, it'd be complete opposite. Oh, yeah, that's right. Back when my day it was just all ply and dirt, that was fucking scary. But now it's actually I can sit back and enjoy yeah. riding because you know if you do crash, there's a bit of forgiveness there. Yeah. And I had a massive crash on the recent tour doing the three-person flip. We pretty much landed on. I saw heads. that on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. massive. That was to the old landings. We'd all be still in hospital, I would think. Wow. You know, three dudes upside down to 450 on top of you. We just all got up and walked away. <laughs> so now it's it's cool. It's 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 a lot safer, a lot yeah. more forgiving for us. And it's great for me being almost like 38. Like I'll be 40 soon before I know it. And yeah. it's it's awesome. That motivates me to be able to keep on yeah. and performing. But I think with that landing, it's going to take the wow factor away. Yeah. You know, the crowd's there. They, the, the excitement. Gotcha. The exciting thing about Nitro Circus is like, they, they, don't, they don't really want to see you crash because they don't want to see you get hurt. But now, that, that's the part of the excitement. You crash, you get carted off. Everyone's like, wow, fuck, this is gnarly. Yeah. But now, if you want to crash and walk away, they'll be like, it's just going to take that wow factor away, I think. I think I went a few years ago. I think at one point they had a bloke on a wheelchair go down a, yeah, a massive wheels, ramp. Yeah, he, he was just here on the recent tour. Like, I, was, I remember legend. watching that going, holy mm. crap. Like, he's, a, he's, fucking, he's a legend, yeah. What are some of the other Nitro athletes? Are they like skateboarding? Is it Skateboarding, scooter, like uh, Ron Williams, one of the big names now. Uh, Willie, he's a scooter rider, BMX yeah. rider as well. Yeah. A lot of BMXs, man bikers, and us dirt bike riders. And yeah, we do that three-person flip. And Can you jump? Actually, I wanted, this is what I was going to ask. Was I remember going to one of the shows yep. and it was a three-person flip. And they went and grabbed someone from the crowd. And I want to know, is that someone, <laughs> is that a real stranger or is that a, is that, a pa- is that an actor? Magic. Is that an actor? He's not, yeah, he's, <laughs> no, no comment. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just they're, said real, they're real people. <laughs> they're real. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, because I want, like, is it a hard thing to keep the show on the road, so to speak, because of, like, as we, as the world gets more politically correct and, like, you know, the more extreme things get, you know, there must be massive insurance it's uh, not the, too bad they got all like it's, it's such a tight the, the company itself do such an amazing job yeah getting all us guys around the world traveling and the, all mm. the ramps and all the crew everything's like they, they've done such an awesome job to put it all together and to make yeah. it work which we always thought back in the day before it'd be impossible to be able to run a tool like this but they made it work and yeah 
This might be a really silly question. Do you take your bike over to the States? Or no. They, no. No, they always get bikes for us. Okay. I'll just take, like, if I head over there, say, in a few weeks, I'll just take my suspension handlebars. Yeah. And seat. That's all there. Um, yeah. Yep. So what about outside of it all? What are your interests? Tell us a little bit more about your business. and Yeah, so right now, horses. so just before COVID, which I was yeah. very luckily, if I um, bought into a transport business. Yep. So I've got my own truck. It's a semi-truck and it's, it's contracted work with Bristol Roofing. So it's just carting roof tiles all in your homes. Yep. Got a fork on the back. Forklift is like a little tractor. That's fun. You know, it's like driving a freaking yep. buggy around the sites. It's, it's, I enjoy it. It's, it's cool. I'm very relieved now. I've got something to work on after yeah so mm. that's your transition yep. out of right? transition yeah. yeah so yeah i got that about four years ago yep and sort of worked all throughout covid because um there's no shows at all so there wasn't much riding going on knuckled down and worked in my truck over covid bought my third, second truck start of the year yep now which i'm very thankful for, i've got a couple of good drivers that drive both trucks so now i can sort of you know worry about being a good dad and ride dirt mm. bikes and fit it all in now so it makes that's it a bit cool. easier yeah but the plan is to expand that business, you yep. know, get a, f- a few few trucks. So I'll get my third truck actually into this month. Nice. It's been a goal of mine, you know, four years ago was to get three trucks and it's all happened really quick, you know. Wow, so four keep later. the neighbours happy too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh, no, my neighbours still pissed off at me. <laughs> truck, truck makes noise now. But yeah, no, I said I, um, I'm very um, yeah, stoked if, you know, how it's all worked out. I've got three trucks in, in four years and to be able to still travel and do a few shows and... Yeah. And uh, and they've got a, a few stallions as well, just a couple of little racehorses. Yeah, 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 I got a couple. That's a little hobby of ours. Yeah, yeah. We sort of um, Richard Lemming, uh, the horse trainer. We ran into him oh, about twelve months ago, I think, about two years ago. And he condescended to buying a horse, and the next minute, a few beers later, five horses. Later. <laughs> yeah, he's signing the dotted line. <laughs> but right now, I'm on a high because one of our horses in the Roney won in Mornington like in April and then yeah, right. won again start of the week yep. love to know that feeling yeah <sighs> yeah. tell me about your feeling about horses what do you got uh, well, well, explain the situation if we can quickly because we are running out of time um, well very briefly Doss's old man a few years ago he sadly passed away since but okay. going back how many years ago was this oh, probably probably seven seven years ago basically I was just going so similar to you it wasn't over beers but I just went over to his house for you know to catch up with Doss yep. and I walked out signing a contract to you know <laughs> part owning a race horse so his dad got this horse all the way from england it was racing in france was <laughs> winning cool. races yeah he, he flew over to royal ascot to watch this horse run yeah. and, and it he, didn't run it was an emergency yeah. <laughs> yeah and it was an expensive horse and they were saying oh we've just outbidded gay waterhouse for it and everyone's like oh well, we've got to get oh, on it. the goal was to get to the melbourne cup oh it really? was yeah legit it was it was big and anyway but how much of it did we own we owned so <laughs> We got in a syndicate, yeah. but we didn't even own a share in the syndicate. We owned a share of a share of a syndicate. So we own like 0.25% of this horse. Me, and the, you and Jai. Me, yeah. yeah, sorry, the three of us who are best mates from school. And we went to its first race and it was a big event. In we Australia. All, we yeah. all suited up. Yeah, in, at uh, Sandown. Sandown. Yeah. yeah, we all suited up. Yeah. And, it, and so imagine the people that are putting like 50K, 100K that actually own good percentages yeah, 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 yeah. of the horse. Well, guess who got into the owner's room and we're eating all the party sausage pies rolls and sausage rolls. Yeah, it was yeah, us. Yeah. So these yeah, blokes yeah. who've actually put in serious money got on, left on the outside <laughs> while we've snuck our way in. You had to borrow a tie to get in yeah, on I the did. inside. But the funniest thing was, Kev, was we got in for the race and the head trainer... <laughs> Don't say his oh, name. The head, tra- <laughs> the head trainer, there's the, uh, obviously the owner's stand where everyone sits to watch the race. What? 
Dee sat down and I'm sitting next to Dee, my dad. The trainer is sitting next to Dee who owns the tiniest little... And he, and he puts his arm on Dee's leg and goes, let's go. And like, As a horse is going around, he's, he's riding it with me and he's going, oh, look, this is a perfect position right now. Like it's sitting, you know, four from the back yeah. and this is, he's going to come around and then actually the thing just thing started going backwards. And, oh, you know, man. as he came around the bend, he's like tapping on his leg and he's like, it's going, it's going, it's going. And then the whole thing just came last. And I think it was, I think it's dog food now. Yeah. yeah. The, the, just the fact that we don't even, we didn't even have good dog food. Though. Yeah, oh, yeah maybe um must be top of the shelf dog food. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Dennis had it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's bottom of the shelf. He is, he's whatever. Yeah. So I guess the, the next part of your career looks like it's slowly um you know you're, you're building something for I guess your family to have yeah. for the next however many years. Yeah. Now when you lose or not that you're going to lose it, but when you finish, how do you reckon you're going to feel when you aren't riding bikes professionally or touring as much? Are you, you going to really miss it? I think so, hundred percent. Like, yeah, I will because like, I guess I've been in the same situation as my dad. You know, my dad's riding and he had kids, and then he bought me a bike and I started riding. So I think it's going to be a bit of a smooth transition for yeah for me. You know, I don't think I'll ever stop riding bikes. I'll I'll be riding bikes for as long as I can. Maybe not performing or um, competing, doing freestyle. Maybe that might fade away a bit, but I'll ride motocross for a long time. You know, I, most weekends, like me, 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 and my son Roxon just go to the local tracks and awesome. and, and cut, cut motos, and I, I still love it yeah I'll track on my front paddock and and we both ride that obviously it's a bit yeah. today but i'm always out there most days yeah so i don't think i'll ever give give it up as for um performing and stuff in nitro that's obviously going to come to an end sooner or later mm. probably got another couple of years left i think yeah maybe because we've got new zealand tour coming up in um, november i'm gonna go over there that's the three-week tour take the family with me nice. make a bit of a holiday yeah beautiful and there's talk there's Europe and Japan and stuff next year but I'll just take it as it comes I guess you know like I said I've got my business now that's the main thing you're not I, relying on it that's yeah. right I'm not relying on, on, on the actual the show fees anymore so I'll just take it as it comes and if yeah. there's tools pop up and people want me to ride shows I'll put the boost back on for sure but yeah. as long as it's in a safe environment safe setting like the nitrous mm. circus with the airbag lander it's pretty safe so yeah. that motivates me now to, um, to be able to still go there and have a crack for sure what about too if your kids come to you and say I want to try backflip are you encouraging of that kind of stuff or is it something you want to yeah, steer yeah, them away yeah. from and, and it, what's Brooke's approach to it too is there a bit of <laughs> oh, a what do you think Brooke's approach would be? <laughs> <laughs> I think I know yeah I yeah. think I know no, too I, I told Lottie I'd like to do like you know how to do the, the three person flip on tour I could, I'd love to put like one day I'll put my kids in the bike with me and we'll do a flip in the, into the phone bit yeah. for sure and if, I'm, just, I'm just gonna let my kids do what they want to do you know yeah. I'll try to point in the right direction and uh, with with the sport we're in now, with obviously it's it's a lot safer with the airbag landings and stuff. So my kids want to try a bit of freestyle. I'll, yeah. I'll be there. And I'll teach them the right way to do it for sure. Cool. And lastly, I guess as we finish up a bit towards our mission and our message, do you have any kind of pieces of advice for a person that's I guess transitioning from whether it's eighteen to mid twenties to going into the early thirties and they're in that unsure phase? You said earlier, you know, you didn't know what you wanted to do. Yeah, that's right. You know. Like, how, how do you get through something like that? I know. I guess it's different for everyone in in that aspect. But I was sort of lucky as I had a hobby which I really enjoyed doing, and so I just followed my dreams, and that sort of led into led into where I am now. So, I guess if it's like you know when you're at that stage, early twenties, not sure where you are or what you want to do, it's just chase your dreams. I guess you know you're still at that age where you just don't know it could go either way. Mm. But as long as you sort of enjoy yourself, don't get stuck into something you don't like. That that will sort of don't think you'll get far but if you can find something you enjoy doing mm. just um, yeah, keep at it well, your, your 20s are for taking risks yeah that's you know? right you can always settle on exactly a job in your you, 30s can't exactly you exactly right that's right yeah exactly I'm 38 I've only just you know started my you know a proper mm. career that's going to get me through life you know where yeah. the dirt bikes was never going to get me through life it was just 
it's going to come to an end sooner or later. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, I think just, just try to just try and enjoy what you what you, what you do. And yeah. you just never know where it's going to where it's going to take you. It's great advice, and honestly, I've just loved listening to you tell stories no, and just hear, hear your story and some of you know your career and what you've been through and mate, honestly one of my favorite podcasts we've done we've done nearly 100 of them now and cheers thanks guys um, but no, yeah I really appreciate it, it mate. thanks for having us in yeah. your home no too. no worries thanks for coming down it was good it. enjoyed it cheers Dean, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And, of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And, of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, Dean? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode.